In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and I'm happy to say that last month we reached an all-time record for our listeners. And I would really like to thank all our listeners. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And welcome back. Now, if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Listen to us each week, Tuesdays at 3 p.m., Specific time. On this series, you can get great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to get a mail from you. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business of yourself. And today, you are definitely going to take away something very useful. Now, being connected and digitally charged has actually become the norm for most organizations today. And the rules for conducting business are about managing constant change in our already uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. Now, managers, CEOs have to deal with things from the global economy to unlikely entrance into traditional markets to changing consumer behaviors and to shifting workforce demographics. And leaders need to be agile in order to hold the competitive edge. But they don't only need to be agile, they need courage. As organizations evolve and optimize their processes and technologies, how do leaders also evolve the skills they need to be successful? How do they find the courage to be successful? What do leaders need to adapt in this environment? How can they learn to lead in an agile, respectful way while keeping the needs of the individuals, their teams, and the enterprise in mind? And sometimes I ask, do we need to give them a little help from time to time? Maybe even a little kick in the ass to help them along the way. Well, our expert today has written several books that help leaders find courage. And he also believes that from time to time, leaders need a small kick in the ass to help them move in the right direction. Now, Bill Treasurer is the founder of Giant Leap Consulting, a courage-building company, and the author of the international bestseller, Courage Goes to Work. He's also the author of Courageous Leadership Training Guide, the world's only off-the-shelf facilitator training program. And his courage-building workshops have been taught to thousands of executives in 11 countries on five continents. Bill's newest book, The Leadership Killer, Reclaiming Humility in the Age of Arrogance, he wrote with Captain John Havilik, retired Navy SEAL. Upon release in 2007, Bill's book, A Leadership Kick in the Ass, became the top-selling leadership training book on Amazon. It focuses on the importance of leadership and humility. Bill is also the author of Leaders open doors, which helps leaders shift from selfishness to service. Notably, 
Bill donates 100% of the royalties he receives from this book to programs that support children with special needs. For more than two decades, he has designed and delivered leadership and succession programs for emerging and experienced leaders in organizations from NASA to Saks Fifth Avenue to eBay to the Pittsburgh Pirates and to the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Prior to founding his company, he served as an executive in Accenture's change management and human performance practice, eventually helping the $35 billion company as being the first internal executive coach. He also has some really cool habits. He was went to the University of West Virginia University on a athletic scholarship for springboard diving. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that also later. But first, Bill, welcome to the show. Oh, my goodness, Kimberly. <laughs> thank you for that very gracious and overly long introduction. We need to, I need to cut out way more of that stuff and just say, here's Bill Treasurer. It's good enough. <laughs> but it's such cool stuff. Anyways, Bill, let's, it is such cool stuff. Let's just start with a really basic question because you've been doing this a while. I mean, what, what, what has changed in leadership today? What kind of leadership, you know, it's so complex today. What has changed today in comparison to 10 years ago, for example? Yeah, it's a good question. Let's hope that leadership is evolving, right? And that it should change. Um, there, will th- there are certain things about leadership that we hope will always remain the same, but there's things that we need to change to live in a contemporary world. One of the things that I'm seeing is the need to develop and build rapid connections with a distributed workforce, right? A lot of people now are leading teams that are international. And how do you do that in an electronic way to build actual connections with people who are remote? Uh, So that's one thing. So a leader needing to be able to sort of lead the distance workforce. Um, The second thing that I would say is that the generation that's coming up has a lower tolerance for autocratic leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's necessitating different leadership behaviors, a more collaborative leadership approach than um, than we've been, you know, seen in years past. And part of that is because of this desire for more collaborative leadership from the generation coming up. And I also think that that brings us to a third point, which is the need for humility, because mm-hmm. collaboration takes you know, listening to others and valuing their input and following their ideas and not having to showcase yourself. And that's not easy to do. It's, it doesn't come natural to most leaders, um, but that's what's needed in a remote world where the generation coming up wants more collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, and this makes things so complicated. I mean, first you have leading virtual teams, and then you have this generational mix because we're we're really the first time in, in, that we have five generations working in the same workforce today. And so humility really does play a role. But when you when you start to look at that and, and you know what it should be, there's still a lot out there. Employees are nervous. They're, they're fearful. Um, if I refer to the, the um, Warbles work, workplace experience study that said two-thirds of employees, you know, have either seen harmful behaviors or, or bad attitudes, um, why, why is that so when we should be shifting this way? You know, I... It's interesting because now we are doing more studies on fear-based leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now, part of the, the problem is that we live in a fear-based world, right? Like, mm-hmm. for, for, yeah. just think of the simple things, overpopulation, um, climate change, the threat of terrorism. Uh, these are things that are seemingly more pronounced right now. And because of that, I think that the, it's got a heightened sense of fear. Now, many workforces have traditionally been bastions of fear anyway. And in those environments, you know, bullying leadership kind of thrives. So it becomes – now, the good news that out of all of that, the silver lining is that courage is the antidote. Uh, courage mm-hmm. is how you, you know, sort of deal with fear. Um, but I think that right now that, that we are in fearful times and that some leaders will manipulate that and stoke that and try to fill that vacuum and, uh, and, and use that fear um, – so that they can come to power. 
Mm-hmm. Do, do you think do you think you know the increased um, we're in a global economy so do you think the the increased competitiveness of of you know some of the industries um, and the increased expectations from you know private equity or um, venture capital do you, do you think that plays a role in this at all I suppose so I mean it's a it's a very connected global economy so things shift much more rapidly than they used to. And, mm-hmm. uh, and competitors can emerge almost seemingly out of nowhere. nowhere. Some, I mean, we, you saw it in, with Uber. The, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you take Uber or Lyft or whatever your favorite um, car rideshare service is, and you probably won't use a cab again, a regular taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because that, you know, sort of they bypassed the traditional challenge. They made it easy for the consumer. Uh, you can use an app. It's very contemporary. You have much less interaction potentially with the driver and you can tip them or not tip them. It's your discretion. Uh, and because it was so easy, it just disrupted the channel so quickly. So yeah, I think that it's part of the reason is that there's a lot of pressure. There will always be pressure coming from the street to, mm-hmm. you know, for new revenue streams and higher profitability and such. That stuff I don't think is going to go away. But I think in a connected world, in a global economy, with in a fearful situation, um, that that it sort of is ripe for fear-based leadership, which is unfortunate that we would still have to deal with this old, old, old style of leadership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and when you're looking at that old style of leadership, and and you're kind of looking at. I like to say it functional and dysfunctional, okay? Um, because I've seen a lot of leaders, and, you know, some who I thought were really great and functional, some that are dysfunctional. Do you think we're we're leaning more in one direction today? Do you think we're we're getting a little bit more dysfunctional, or um, is it just always been like that, but we recognize it more today? <laughs> you know, I, I it's a little bit of uh, yes and. On the one mm-hmm. hand, I see that. The, you know the the reemergence of the strongman, the mm-hmm. the reemergence of the you know people desiring less ambiguity, wanting clean answers, wanting to put the world back in control, feeling like if we can just get strong people to tell us what to do with a lot of confidence that they'll keep us safe, and so we're willing to cede our followership over to quote unquote the strongman. I, I think that that's heightened right now, and I think that you can see that on a global level. Um, on the other hand, I also think that there's this emergence for more collaborative leadership, less tolerance for low transparency, uh, the desire to and willingness to contribute, um, uh, wanting more people to be in leadership roles. So I, I, on the one hand, I see the dysfunctional aspects of leadership acute right now. Uh, on the other hand, I see a elevation of leadership that, that more people are wanting to be involved with it. Uh, than mm-hmm. before, particularly the, the younger generations coming up. Right, right. They, especially Generation Z or Z, as you would say. I mean, they have a completely different expectation. But just just on this whole big leadership globe, um, is, do you think this is primarily a, you know, a Western or a U.S., you know, problem? Or do you really think it's kind of a global issue? Yeah, I tell you, you know, I travel internationally a decent amount. Not as much as you, Kimberly. Holy (laughs) smokes. Um, But what I can say is that, you know, fear seems to be heightened globally for the reasons I mentioned, right? Uh, Climate change, overpopulation, terrorism, et cetera. Um, And you can also see that the strongman leader are are starting Mm -hmm. to, you know, be reelected or or, uh, come to emergence in another number of countries, whether it's the Philippines, uh, you know, the the very strong right movement in Britain, certainly Donald Trump. Um, But, you know, even further than those three, you can see in other countries as well. I'm sure you see it in Europe, um, the the emergence of a very strong right. Um, So I think that some of that has to do with this, uh, the feelings that people have in fearful times of wanting strong answers and the strongman leader becomes the equation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and what do you think the whole, okay, so let's move on a little bit. We're going to take a short break in a minute. Um, you write a lot about courage. What, what do you think the solution to this all is? Do you think, do you think being courageous is one aspect of trying to move us forward or what do you think? Courage is the antidote to fear. It always has been, and it's in mm-hmm. a tight relationship with fear. In mm-hmm. fact, you can't be courageous unless there's fear. So these are great times to put our courage to work. 
Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a short break, Bill. And when we come back, we want to, we're going to talk about courage as being the antidote to fear. And for our listeners, we are speaking with Bill Treasurer. He's a workplace expert, a courage pioneer, and the author of Courage Goes to Work, How to Build Backbones, Boost Performance, and Get Results. He's the founder of Giant Leap Consulting, a consulting and training company specializing in courage building. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Bill, you can reach out to him on his website, giantleapconsulting.com. He's also on Facebook under bill.treasurer. And for our audiences out of the United States, treasurer is T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-R. And on Twitter, you can reach him at, at treasurer. And on LinkedIn, he's under courage. And please reach out to Bill. He'd love to have a contact. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership and business expert. You can contact me with comments and questions at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, Bill, we're going to talk about courage and the antidote to fear. You're listening to Voice America Business, Leadership Beyond Borders, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America Business Channel. And today we're speaking with Bill Treasurer, the author of Coverage Goes to Work, How to Build Backbones. And what I want to do, Bill, is is talk a little bit about you talked about the car you know, we live in this this fearful society as far as managing is concerned or, or you know organizational management and and courage is the antidote to that and I want to really talk and that's what your book's about and I want to talk about that but first I want you to to tell us a little bit about your courage story um, and I saw a video and I tell my listeners take a look at this video of um, Bill doing this high dive that 
you'd never get me to do that in a million years, even just jumping. Okay, so tell us a little about your your story and how you got there and your your background. With yeah, well, I appreciate it. It's it's uh, it's really the inspiration of how I got so enamored with the topic of courage, and it's because it starts with a, a big fraidy cat uh, like you. I'm afraid of heights, and I say it in the present tense. Um, but I was also it, coming up, you know, I wasn't a great athlete in school. I wasn't built for football. I'm not tall for a basketball player and that kind of thing. But at our local pool, I found swimming kind of boring because it was just like going faster up and down the black lane every day. And uh, and then I saw a bunch of guys jumping and doing can openers and, and doing flips and impressing the girls. And that looked like a sport for me. So I uh, picked up springboard diving and I got really good on the low board. I was a good low board springboard diver. I won the Westchester County Diving Championships in New York, where I was from, uh, three times. And then scholarships started to be dangled in front of me by colleges. But they'd all have the same question. They'd say, Bill, you're a great low board diver. You're a great one meter specialist. But tell us about your high board list of dives. And I didn't have a high board list of dives because I was and am petrified of heights. So I had a coach. and, And this became sort of the, the inspiration that he took me down to Iona College where they had a diving board built on a hydraulic lift, like when you take your car to get an oil change. So he could take that diving board and he could go from one meter and lift it to one and a half meters. And now I'm going over on my dives. I don't want to go to practice. I'm fully <laughs> petrified because it's higher, right? Yeah. Um, but, but after 100 dives, I start to get used to it. After 200 dives, it gets kind of easy. By 300 dives, I'm bored. And boredom's a great clue. When you're bored, it's time to shake things yeah. up. And so what did he do when I got bored at one and a half meters? He moved it to two yeah. meters. And, it, right, and through this process of what we call modulation of comfort and discomfort, he would uh, push me out into discomfort, which is what a leader's job is, by the way. Mm-hmm. He would push me out to discomfort and allow me to gain skills in that place, in that uncomfortable place. And then once I got comfortable with that uncomfortable place, it was time to push me back into discomfort. And eventually I got a full list a high board list of dives on the three meter and got a full scholarship to West Virginia University and uh, and I even continued after that using the same process of modulation between comfort and discomfort and as you know I became a member of the U.S. high diving team diving from heights that scale to over a hundred feet traveling at speeds in excess of 50 miles an hour before hitting a small pool that was 10 feet deep, protected Mm -hmm. only by a Speedo. (laughs) Oh, my God. That, you know, that's a great story. And I encourage our listeners to take a look. Just go to YouTube and put in Bill Treasure and you'll see the video. Um, It's great. And so, so basically, the, 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 the moral of this story, Bill, is that you believe that courage can be learned. Is that true? Yeah. And the moral of the story is, yeah, you know, sure. Courage can be learned. I found mine. I found it through a coach who held me accountable to my own potential and wouldn't let me turn away from it. And he sort of forced accountability from me. I learned it by modulating between comfort and discomfort. And people can do that too. It's a skill. But I also learned that everyone in the workplace and in life is called to take a high dive personally or professionally, somewhere, metaphorically. Uh, A high dive for one person might be deciding to go on the management track. A high dive for an entrepreneur might be the decision to, uh, you know, max out the credit cards or uh, appeal to a bank for a a loan or pitch to VCs. Uh, So we have, you know, different expressions of what courage can look like for each person, but everybody's going to be called to take a high dive at some point. My business and my books are dedicated to help empower people so they have their high dive moment and do it in the safest way that they can. Mm-hmm. And, and let's talk about that a little bit because I, I've read your books. They're great. And, um, and, and you know, you talk about comfort, discomfort, these modules going back and forth, but you also talk about three buckets of courage. Can, can, can we talk about that a little bit and what those are? Yeah, you know, I think that the topic of courage is really intimidating for some people. They yeah. think that, you know, they think it's reserved for heroes. Like, oh, yeah, well, sure, the fireman running into the building is on fire. You know, that's that's the courageous person or the person who's in the, the military and charging the hill with the machine gun or whatever. And those things clearly are courageous, right? But what about everybody else? For, for the regular folks who are just 
you know, we don't consider ourselves mm-hmm. heroes. I think the courage needs to be broken down to size so that it's accessible to everybody instead of this big, ambiguous, amorphous mass called courage. I look at three different behavioral dimensions of courage, mm-hmm. and I call them the courage to try. I call it try courage. The courage to trust, we call trust courage. And the courage to tell, we call tell courage. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about try. What is that? Could you explain so, that? Yeah. You, you know, this is when you do something you've never done before. You're attempting it. It's the courage of first attempts. We often find it in the courage of action. You're crossing this threshold that other people may have crossed. They're already on the other side. They're already doing the thing. But for you, it remains unknown because you've not done it before. Um, And we cross these thresholds all the time. The first time we asked somebody on a date, the first time we drove a car, the first time we moved into a management role, the first time we bought a house, we, we cross these thresholds of trying something new thousands and thousands of times throughout our life. But when we're at that threshold, there's often hesitancy because we could get hurt. We could wipe out if we try this and it doesn't succeed. But that's the courage to try new things. And uh, it's important. Is that kind of like getting out of your comfort zone? Kind of like a little bit stepping oh, yeah. out well, of your comfort yeah. you know, each, each one of these buckets of courage, I think, involves mm-hmm. A, a uh, encounter with discomfort, but that mm-hmm. one is uh, because it's sort of a physical uh, piece. It's it's kind of easy to to see. Yeah, you're you're moving yeah. into discomfort because you've not done the thing before, and so there's a lot of unknowns attached to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then and then you say the next the next behavior is is the trust courage. Um, what is that about? Yeah, you know, so whereas try courage is all about courage of action and doing something you haven't done before, the, you know, trust courage is really sometimes about the courage of inaction and it's releasing my need to control and my need to be right so that I can empower you and entrust you to get something done. So we see this in the workforce, for example, for the person who has to learn how to not micromanage. I mean, micromanagement Mm. is the most common reason that middle managers plateau, if you ask me, or new managers will plateau. But you got to learn at some point that how do you leverage others to get work done? And that requires being able to delegate, right? But that delegating to others requires trust because the fear is if they mess up, it'll become a reflection on you. So trust in this is sort of the the bucket of courage that involves emotional vulnerability because Mm -hmm. there's always the each one of these buckets comes with a risk and the risk of trust is if I trust you Kimberly you could betray me and that's really stings right that emotional betrayal so this you can see how try uh, trust courage is different than try courage which is all about physical action and doing what you haven't done before really trust courage is about emotional vulnerability Mm-hmm. And how does that how does that play in if I'm looking you're talking about delegation or releasing control? I mean there's these releasing control and there's also building trust. Is is that the same thing or two different things? If I'm building trust among my team or I'm really releasing control? I think it's related. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's probably some distinction between the two, um, but I also do think that they're related. If mm-hmm. I, if for me to build a trustful relationship with you, I cannot be over controlling you. Right. You, you know, I'll often ask groups of people, Kimberly. I'll say, raise your hand if you uh, if you are a controlling person, and most people will raise their hand. Yeah. And then I'll say, how many of you love to be controlled by somebody? And nobody will raise their hand. Right. So the the more controlling you are, the less you like to be controlled, and it takes trust to not be the one in control. Yeah. Okay. And then as we move on, you say your last kind of behavior here in in the courage is is tell courage or yeah yeah let's yeah. talk. Talk to us about that a little bit. It's the courage of the truth teller. It's the courage to be honest. You know, we say that we want the number one thing we look for in a leader in terms of attributes cross culturally, by the way, is honesty. And yet honesty is really hard when you get down Mm -hmm. to it. I mean, we do socially appropriate lying all the time because we don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? Um, And so this is the courage it takes to be the truth teller. Now, we, we can see it as a leader giving direction to a direct report. We expect that downward flow of feedback. 
but it might also be the upward flow of feedback, you know, speaking truth to power, for example. And this is the person, you know, with the shaky voice in the meeting who says, you know what, I know everybody else is on board with this, but I'm not there yet and I need more, uh, you know, time. It's the person who might say the impolitical thing, but they're at least saying it. So this is sort of speaking your truth or speaking truth to each other or speaking truth to, ta- to power, but it's being honest and being the truth teller in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and can I ask you, does, do you think, is it, are there any um, gender differences in this? Do you see, I mean, you're working with all kinds of leaders. When, when I'm listening to this, I, I think about how difficult it is sometimes for, for some of the executive women I know to actually speak up in the board or, or get the courage to do things. And, and I'm wondering if, if you see generational or gender differences in the ability to move forward into courage. Right. It's a, it's a really good question. Um, I, if, let me first speak to the generational differences, yeah. right? Like, I, I think that people generally, and I'm speaking generally here, um, you know, there's the stage in your life where you are acquiring things. And so you've got sort of, you're willing to take risks and the sharp elbows of ambition until you get your stuff, whatever your stuff might be, as part of your climb. Uh, and then we sort of switch over. So it's not, no longer about acquisition, but it's about taking risks to protect what you have. So mm-hmm. you may not, as you get older, typical, the average person takes less physical risks, right? Like I'm 56 years old right now. My wife doesn't want me to buy a Harley. Now there's Mm -hmm. plenty of people who probably do, but my wife just, you know, she'll put the kibosh on that. Um, But there's (laughs) other risks that that we're willing to take, right? Like the financial risks to protect and preserve our our nest egg or to pay for our kids' college, these sorts of things. So we start to, I think we express risk differently as we go Mm -hmm. along generationally. In terms of gender, I think think that um, it, I think things have changed so much. The the Time's mm-hmm. Up movement, the the uh, Me Too movement, have really changed things, and women have totally stepped into their power. There's no doubt about it. And for one, you see books on it, right? Like you see right. Brene Brown talking about Dare to Lead in the books that she's written, and it's sort of women claiming it now, right? Like in mm-hmm. owning it now. Traditionally, in the past, I don't think that I, I think that you would see more women hesitate with try courage, um, the, and when it came to tell courage, they would qualify things. Um, so they would, and oftentimes in a passive voice, negative qualifying. Like, you know, I, I know this is not such a great idea, but right. I think we did this, right? Um, or if you complimented a woman, a lot of times instead of them saying thank you, they'd be like, oh, it's nothing. It was no big deal, right? Where a man would be like, of course it was a big deal. I did that myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but I, I think we're seeing less of that now. I, mm-hmm. I see that, in fact, the cover of the book, I'm really proud to say, this is the 10th anniversary edition of Courage Goes to Work. And the cover of the book has a, a woman who basically looks like Superwoman. She's got a cape on, right. she's ready to do a courageous, bold move. Um, and just me speaking out loud, some of the most courageous people people I've ever met in life have definitely been women. So there's differences, but I think they're less pronounced than they used to be. Yeah. I think sometimes you can even argue that they have to be. (laughs) So, um, uh, but yeah, but Bill, that's great. We're going to take a a short break now. Um, I have one, uh, when we come back, I, I, I want to kind of wrap up this courage. I have one more question for you. And then I want to move into your other book, uh, about a leadership kick in the ass, uh, because I found that book actually great. And for our listeners, we are speaking with Bill Treasure. He's a workplace expert, courage pioneer, and author of Courage Goes to Work, How to Build Backbones, Boost Performance, and Get Results. And he's the founder of Giant Leap Consulting. You can reach him at giantleapconsulting.com. He's also on Facebook under Bill.Treasurer. He's on Twitter under at Treasurer and on LinkedIn under Courage. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Or you can also reach me through the search and information industry of Europe with at Kimberly at Cinda. Both are sponsors of our show. And join us on our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and continue our discussion on courage and move into why leaders sometimes do need a small kick in the ass. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking with Bill Treasurer, a workplace expert, courage pioneer, and author of Courage Goes to Work how to build backbones, boost performance, and get results. He's also the author of A Leadership Kick in the Ass. Now, Bill, um, before the break, we were talking about courage, and and I asked you about the gender differences, and I just want to ask you, kind of conclude this conversation on cultural, okay, um, international differences. Are there different aspects on on how people, uh, how leaders approach courage in different cultures? You know, I do think so. Uh, And it's partly, I I did a world tour when this book, Courage Goes to Work, came out originally and, uh, you know, traveled to many different countries. And one of the places that I went to was Tokyo, and it was right after Fukushima. And I remember uh, I was in a limo, and I was driving back to the airport, and the limo driver, you know, so we struck up a conversation, and we were talking about courage, and I told him about the three buckets of courage. And he said, hmm, that tri-courage is very interesting. He said, you know, if, if the Fukushima event had happened in the United States, people would be protesting now with signs and such. He's like, you would never find that here. And, um, and, and he actually sort of expressed disappointment in that. And so I think that there are some societies and some countries that have a proclivity to one bucket or the other. And in the United States and in Australia, for example, both of them started their company, their countries by overcoming tyranny, right, with a sort mm-hmm. of a right. rebel fist in the air. And so we're, we're always somewhat suspect of uh, those in leadership positions. The Irish are a little like that, too. There's the old saying mm-hmm. of, you know, an Irishman and a, uh, an American are walking down the street and they see a mansion and the, the uh, American goes, you know what, one day I'm going to get that house. And the Irishman goes, one day I'm going to get the bastard who lives in that house. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, and I say it as, a, as both an American yeah. and an Irishman myself. Um, so I think that there are different leadership dispositions relative to the idea of courage and that, that there are some generational. I also think that, um, um, you know, Saudi Arabian, uh, Saudi Arabia or the Arabian countries mm-hmm. uh, are also honor societies and like 
like the Japan, Japanese um, and even in China, there's a sort of deference to authority figures that you right. find less in some other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I see that too in a lot of the, the, the places I work and a lot of leadership uh, consulting I do. Um, just finishing up on this courage, in, in your book you talk about, you know, car- management courage dispositions, okay? And you talk a little bit about fillers and spillers. Can, can you just tell us what you meant about that? Yeah, when it comes to courage, I look at it like you're either putting courage inside of people or you're putting fear inside of people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sort of a bottom line thing. And if you're somebody who showcases fears and you can hear it in language. So if a leader is like, you know, what, uh, what keeps me awake at night is mm-hmm. what keeps me awake at night is the competition is moving so quickly. What keeps me awake at night is the technological infrastructure is not scaling quick enough. What keeps me awake at night is we're not onboarding fast enough. What keeps me awake at night is like showcasing my anxiety that I don't sleep at night. I've got so much anxiety and insomnia about the business. Please be afraid like me. That's what I would call a spiller. They inject mm-hmm. people with fear and anxiety because if they can do that, they think they'll be conscientious enough to perform well. So they use fear to motivate versus a filler is somebody who puts courage inside of people. They don't mm-hmm. talk about what keeps them awake at night. They talk about what gets them up in the morning and why our future is hopeful as long as we all put our courage together and point it in the direction of this very high strategic goal or purpose that we've got as a company. So they nudge us out into discomfort for our own good and for the organization's good, not through fear, but through opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the great leaders and those are the kinds we really need, which actually moves me into um, our next topic, which is your other book that you know we have all these leaders out here and, and we're talking about what's the best thing to do here and how to get, you know, get move people into this courage and sometimes in your book you say people some leaders just need a kick in the ass okay so can you just talk a little bit about what made you write that book a leadership kick in the ass (laughs) you know it's funny i I had written about courage i'd written about risk taking and then i wrote a book called leaders open doors which is uh you know the it it really was informed by a conversation I had with my five-year-old son. So it's written out of purity and innocence and such. And and for whatever reason, I think that after that book, I almost needed to sort of balance it by recognizing that, you know, leadership often goes off the rails and, there, you know, it can derail leadership. Mm-hmm. And as much as good leaders move the world, bad leaders can damage the world. And so I started to explore this idea of leadership arrogance and uh, what happens when a leader gets overconfident to the point they become dangerous to themselves and the people that they lead. And it led me to this book, The Leadership Kick in the Ass. And basically it's this. The the premise of the book is that it's not uncommon to to want to be confident as a leader. We, mm-hmm. we want confident leaders. Um, but there's a point at which you go overconfident and now you're going to be close to a wipeout. But sometimes that's the best thing that can happen to you mm-hmm. because – It's interesting that you gain humility that you and I talked about in the first segment as being so central and important to leadership, but you gain humility oftentimes through a humiliating event. We gain humility through humiliation, and that's the ass-kiss-kick moment, but it can be the whole moment where everything shifts for you. And Kimberly, in fact, I call it the holy shift. Mm-hmm. This idea that you know it's a holy shift moment where I'm shifting from focusing on me and my climb and my income and my, 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 and now I start becoming willing to focus on the people that I'm leading who, in fact, are the very people who are going to make me successful. So it's this holy shift moment that can only come about sometimes by getting your uh, emotional butt kicked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, I can think in my career a few times where you just went, oh, no, oh, God, okay, you know, and you're just like, mm-hmm. how did this happen? And, and, you, and you talk about that. You talk about, okay, you know, getting this kick, kick in the butt, okay, and you talk a little bit about there's kind of four stages in that. Can, can you quickly kind of run through that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, so when you have these sort of 
butt kick moments. Mm. At first, you know, we start from a place of comfortable oblivion. We right. think we got it going on. The world is going great. Everything makes sense. And then we get, have this moment where maybe it's a 360 degree feedback, for example. You right. know, I go into that experience thinking, I am the right. rock and roll leader. I'm the best. And then I get the feedback and I see the, the qualitative comments telling me that I'm, I'm edgy, I'm hot-headed, that I'm explosive, that nobody wants to work with me. And it's all anonymous. And so I can't deny it. So now I get this startling sting, and that's this phase two. I go from comfortable oblivion to startling sting. And now it becomes, what am I going to do based on this startling sting? It becomes a change choice. Am I going to you know, get humble and say, okay, what can I learn? I'm open. I want to get better. Or do I like sort of make blame everybody else for the feedback that I got, double down, convinced that I'm right and that I'm a victim in this story as opposed to the story uh, being an opportunity for me to gain humility. The, you can think of it this way. This, this is the easiest way to think of it, is that you go from, and this comes from Father Richard Rohr, a great writer and a, uh, a Catholic priest whose writings and sermons I enjoy. He says, you go from this place of order where everything mm-hmm. makes sense and the world is, you know, I've got confidence in the world, to disorder. So I have this disrupting event. I get this feedback that I'm not good like I thought I was, and I go totally to disorder. And now it becomes, what do I do with this moment? And I start to reconfigure my ego and rebuild it and put it together more authentically, imperfect as I may be, with humility, and now I get to reorder. And I come out of the experience a more whole, authentic, grounded, and humble person. Order, disorder, reorder. Yeah. And what, what all, the question I have for you, and this really uh, is kind of an observation over the years, right? So, so we have these moments as we're going up the career ladder. Um, and I think that's how, uh, part of the learning process uh, as we're going up there. Do you think that it's uh, these kick in the ass moments are more difficult or happen less or, or leaders are less willing to accept them the higher they get up? I think that you probably have two camps. You probably have the seasoned, mature leader who's been through some startling stings of their own in the past. And when they encounter a new one, they're much more willing to listen to it, uh, to, to learn from the experience and soak as much as they can from it and then move on. The, in other words, just through experience of having gotten the startling sting before, it's maybe even a little less startling. Versus the other group, and that's the people who put off you know, who claim their victimhood whenever there's been a sting in the past or run away from it. Sometimes you'll see people when they have a th- bad 360, for example, quit the company. They're just going to show them, by, I'm going to quit the company because this company's wrong and screwed up mm-hmm. and they don't know what they're talking yeah. about. Right? So they like avoid the lesson. But there's an old saying, if you don't learn the lesson, you have to repeat the class. And at some point, it'll catch up to you. There will be a, yeah. a startling sting, and if that happens to you later in your career, it's going to clobber you upside the head when mm-hmm. to the point that you finally get what you needed to get in terms of the lesson. Mm-hmm. And this kind of all relates, Bill, a little bit to the humili- uh, humility and, and arrogance bit, you know, um, and, and that's what you talk about in your last, your new book is is how to get that. So we're, we're getting towards the end of the show, and I, I really want to address this point. I mean, we've talked about courage. We've talked about giving people a kick in the ass. We have a lot of leaders out there, um, and this is a lot of things to think about, okay? But the most important is it, today, the you know, it's so important to have humility, to not have arrogance, to have courage. What, what is your kind of consolidated message to our leaders out there today? I, I would give a couple of things, right? Like yeah. the sort of people's best moves to move mm-hmm. forward as a leader. Right. Um, the first is know who you are. You know, you know, get feedback about who you are, but know your values. What, identify them. Like, you know, are you all about creativity? Are you all about independence? Are you all about fairness? Are you all about justice? What are you all about? What are your values? The deepest, rudest values inside of you. Many people don't know. So take the time to know what your values are mm-hmm. and then uphold them. Then live by those value systems. So that's sort of one. The, the other thing I would say is everybody needs to have an ego checker. you got to deputize somebody who can call you on your BS because <laughs> – 
when you're a leader, you get a lot of cues and messages and suck-ups and people telling you how special you are, and you can't buy into that stuff. you got to keep yeah. that stuff at bay. So you need to have the, at least that one truth-teller around you who's been deputized to tell you the truth. Um, so that's be number two. Um, and then number three, I would say, always remember the first law of leadership. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. Leadership's about the people being led. It's not about the leader. And if you keep your focus on them, you'll do well as a leader. It's not about you. It's about doing right by the people you're privileged to lead, not getting as much privileges out of the experience of being a leader as you can get. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, Bill, those are those are three great takeaways. And thank you so much. It's been so enjoyable having you on your show. And for our listeners, we've been speaking with Bill Treasurer. He's a workplace expert, courage pioneer, and author of Courage Goes to Work, How to Build Backbones, Boost Performance, and Get Result. And he's also the author of a number of other books on Amazon. If you just go to Amazon and put in Bill Treasurer, you'll see his books. He's the founder of Giant Leap Consulting, a consulting and training company specializing in courage building. He advises organizations, organizations from NASA to Saks Fifth Avenue to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he teaches courage and helps business people learn how to gain courage. Now, you can connect with Bill on Giant Leap Consulting. He's also on Facebook under Bill.Treasurer, and that's T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-R, and on Twitter at B-Treasurer, and on LinkedIn under Courage. So once again, Bill, thank you so much. It's been absolutely great. And also to our listeners, don't forget to look at the YouTube. I put Bill Treasure in there and you'll see his high dive, which certainly <laughs> took a lot of courage. Thanks, Bill. Kimberly, it's been fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on Leadership Beyond Borders. You're terrific and I hope to meet up with you in real life someday. <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, and our listeners, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. It's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and CINDA, the Search and Information Industry Association. CINDA holds conferences, and our next conference will be held in Lisbon, Portugal, October 13th to 16th. And at this conference, you can hear digital experts from around the world and also leadership experts. You can go to www.cinda slash events to sign up. At Leadership Beyond Borders, we provide leadership training with a focus on digital transitions and digital agencies. And we have the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. Now, if you'd like to contact me, your host, you can contact me, Kimberly Lewis. Please send me an email at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. You can also find Leadership Beyond Borders on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find Cinda on Facebook under at follow Cinda and on LinkedIn under groups. Now, please don't forget to tune in to us each Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. Each week we have a new show, and then you, if you missed a show, you can always download it on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And for now, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Bill. Have a great week, and tune in again next week. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.